MLB.com has put out the official list of minor league all-stars and MVPs as voted on by league managers. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And as we finished up the minor league season, we went through on this show quite a couple different all-star lists. We had our own, Baseball America had one, Fangraphs had one, a bunch of places put out minor league all-star lists. But now we have the official one, uh, MLB went to the minor league managers, gave them ballots. And so we have for each league inside the different classifications, we have an entire all-star team, every position, as well as an MVP, a pitcher of the year, and the top MLB prospect in every single one. So let's start off in AAA. In the International League, your top MLB prospect, shortstop Gunnar Henderson of the Orioles. Don't think I have to go into a lot of explanations to explain why the number one pitching, uh, the number one prospect in baseball is your top MLB prospect in, in the International League. Makes a lot of sense. Your MVP, and actually a guy who is now winning an MVP in the minor leagues for the second consecutive year, is Jonathan Aranda of the Tampa Bay Rays. Infielder, mostly plays first, can play second and third as well. And spent just about the whole year in Durham. 104 games, stat line of 318, 394, 521. 18 home runs, 45 extra base hits, 45 walks to 100 strikeouts. Remember, he was a 2015 IFA. He, uh, he, he won it in A Montgomery last year and has now won it in AAA. He led the International League in OPS with 915 and then had his had career highs in games, home runs, RBIs, he had 85 of them, 45 walks, 26 doubles. Those were all career highs. And he debuted on June 24th. Didn't spend a ton of time up there with Tampa. Didn't have fantastic stats the first go around, but... This is a situation where I think that there is a like there's going to be a team out there that is able to to make a deal, I think, and get Jonathan Aranda. Uh, he is plus hitter, powers average to maybe above average. But here's the thing: Jonathan Aranda's defense, he doesn't have the range. The defense comes out to below average just about everywhere, including first base. And again, very good hitter, but Tampa Bay puts such a premium on defense that I feel like there is an organization out there that can take advantage of the disparate valuations between what the Rays have and what they have. And so as free agency is starting, as next Tuesday we have 40-man roster decisions to be made, I really think Jonathan Aranda is a guy that could get moved by a team that's smart enough to go out and take advantage of the fact that Tampa Bay doesn't value him as high as some other teams might because they don't love his defense being a little bit below average, even though his offense is fantastic. The pitcher of the year, right-hand pitcher Greg Weissert of the Yankees. 2016 18th rounder out of Fordham. 
has been a a career reliever, has not tried to start in the minors, has just been a reliever. 42 games this year in AAA with Scranton Wilkes Bar. 169 ERA, 48 innings pitched, 70 strikeouts to 19 walks, only three home runs allowed. His opposing batting average allowed is 149. Got called up in late August, had about 11 strikeouts and just over 11 innings at the big league level. But it's a guy plus slider. If you remember, we've talked about what the Yankees do with their pitching. It's a really like horizontal, sweepy slider. Tons of spin, tons of horizontal break to it. And then combines that with a sinker. It averages about 93. And the pitching development staff has gotten better shape out of that sinker. Has gotten more sink out of the sinker. And so the two of them play well off each other coming out of a similar arm slot. Obviously, he's got, you know, a conventional fastball and a changeup, but like he's he's a a sinker slider guy. That's what he does. For the Pacific Coast League, some of these names are going to be names you've heard of and won't surprise you. Top MLB prospect, third baseman Miguel Vargas of the Dodgers. We've had that conversation on here before about should Justin Turner come back to LA or are they ready to put him into that job full time? I think Vargas is just about ready to take that job over full-time. Pitcher of the year, right-hand pitcher Hunter Brown of the Houston Astros. We talked about him in our uh, pod about the World Series, about how he got some starts late in the year, looked phenomenal, moved to the bullpen for the, the stretch run, and had an ERA under one. Justin Verlander has opted out of his contract. If Justin Verlander does not come back, I like the chances of Hunter Brown being able to contribute at the major league level as a starter, given that he's from Michigan and grew up idolizing Justin Verlander and has molded a lot of his game off of what Justin Verlander does. Feels like he should slot in pretty nicely with the usual expected growing pains you're going to get from a rookie. Uh, The MVP, guy we haven't talked about on this show a ton, uh, third baseman David Villar, of the Giants. 2018 11th rounder out of University of South Florida. Uh, 84 games this year. 275, 404, 617. 27 home runs, 47 extra base hits, 55 walks to 93 strikeouts. He looked so good, they called him up to the big league level. Uh, got about 50 games in San Francisco. You had some injuries at third base, including Evan Longoria. Uh, 231, 331, 455 at the big league level. Hit nine home runs, 16 extra base hits. Struck out 58 times to 18 walks. So he's got good corner infield defense. He's got great makeup. And now you're just in the acclimation period. You're just trying to get him comfortable with big league pitching uh, so that you can see more of that high on base percentage. I mean, 275, 404, 617 is very healthy in the minors. And the the on-base being 70 points lower, the batting average being 40 points lower, the slugging being 170 points lower is definitely something that's going to fix itself as he gets more time to adjust to big league pitching. Has a good chance to be the replacement for Evan Longoria there in San Francisco, depending on what the Giants do in free agency. As I understand, the Giants have a ton of money. They're ready to spend, and they have said that they're, like, financially, they could be in on just about any free agent in the market right now. I actually think they're one of the favorites to sign Aaron Judge. 
if he doesn't go back to the Yankees. So either way, David Villar has looked good and is going to have a chance to hold down the third base job if Evan Longoria's time in San Francisco is in fact over. In just a minute, I want to get to the AA awards. There's three leagues here, and there's a couple guys we've talked about and a couple guys we haven't. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Football, basketball, soccer, the World Cup just started, esports, they've got it all at BetOnline.net. Um, that's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And they always have fun stuff. It's not necessarily just the lines on games. So right now, our buddy Jimmy Shapiro, one of the odds makers, sent us an email here at the network with some of the lines around MLB free agency about if guys don't re-sign with their teams, where might they go? Like I mentioned, the Giants are the favorite, if not the Yankees, to uh, to sign Aaron uh, Aaron Judge at two to one, followed by Dodgers at three to one, Mets at six to one, and Cardinals at eight to one. You go over, you look at Carlos Correa. Uh, apparently the Cubs are the favorite, five to two, followed by the Twins at eleven to two, and the Giants at six to one, and then the Phillies at thirteen to two, which would be really interesting. Uh, Dansby Swanson, if he doesn't go back to the Braves, Giants again. Like I said, plenty of money there. Giants three to one, Cubs nine to two, Phillies eleven to two, Cardinals six to one. Honestly, I think if Dansby Swanson doesn't go back to Atlanta, he ends up in L.A. He was good friends with Freddie Freeman. He does have the same agent as Freddie Freeman. They're 15 to 2 odds on here, but I'd take that longer shot over something like the Phillies there in the division, you know? So, tons of odds. Pitchers, hitters, where they're going to go in free agency. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Okay, looking at the awards for the double A. Uh, We're going to start off in the Eastern League. And here in the Eastern League, your top prospect, guy we've talked about on this show before, shortstop Ezekiel Tovar of the Rockies. Spent time with the Hartford Yard Goats. He's number two prospect in the system. He's like a top 30 prospect overall. Uh, Got called up all the way to the big leagues. But when he was there in 66 games with Hartford, 318, 386, 545, 13 home runs, uh, 18, oh, sorry, 15 doubles, 13 triples, and then 17 stolen bases. Just did a ton of stuff there. Got a brief stint in AAA, and then boom, big league club. So makes a lot of sense. Your pitcher of the year is righty Tanner Bibby of the Guardians. 13 starts there in Akron with the Rubber Ducks. 1-8-3 ERA, 81 strikeouts in 73 and two-thirds innings. Um, I know that our friends over at Locked On Guardians uh, have a ton to say about Tanner Bibby. They love him. They've watched plenty of his film. We're going to bring them onto this show sometime soon in the next probably two weeks to talk about all of the pitching and all of the different uh, possibilities of trades and things like that that might happen in this system because they have a lot of pitching. They have a lot of infielders. But the most valuable player in the Eastern League, really interesting story, first baseman Quincy Niporte, he missed three straight years of affiliated ball. He was released in 2019 uh, by the Phillies, signed, just didn't touch a baseball for, I think he said like over a year, like the entire entirety of the stay-at-homes after the pandemic, just didn't touch a baseball at all. 
finally gets re-signed uh, March 30th, 2022. Goes to double A the following day. So not only is he making the jump to the hardest level uh, to get back to, or the the hardest jump to make in the minor leagues by going into double A, but he's doing it after having not played since 2019. Ends up leading in home runs with 31, leading in RBIs with 91, total bases with 246, extra base hits with 58, and comes in second in both slugging, 536, and OPS with an 867. So great story for Quincy Deporte. Uh, got the MVP. The question that I'm like, what I'm really cons- uh, curious about is what's going to happen as he moves up, assuming that he continues to move up, given the fact that obviously you have Spencer Torkelson there at the big league level. And so first base is kind of full. Is this something where, uh, it, do they see him as organizational depth? Is this something where they see him as a potential contributor at the big league level? He's not in the top 30 right now. I think after this season, I mean, he batted 270 in double A after having not played baseball in three years. Uh, so he obviously has some good innate contact ability. You might see him start to enter back into top 30 lists for next season. In the Southern League, we only had two players for these three awards. Uh, the MVP, which catcher Jackson Reitz, 2014 third rounder by the Nationals, has bounced around with a couple different organizations. He got DFA'd in 2021 by the Nationals and then got DFA'd by, the, by Milwaukee after he did all of this stuff. He spent 64 games in A Biloxi with Milwaukee. 281, 392, 636. 22 home runs, 38 extra base hits, 26 walks to 72 strikeouts. So yes, struck out just over once a game, but hit an extra, had an extra base hit like better than every other game. Um, <laughs> I mean, hit a home run every third game, 64 games, 22 home runs. And slugging percentage was phenomenal. Uh, again, has moved around quite a bit. Uh, he went up to Nashville, then got then got designated for assignment. The Roy, uh, the Royals picked him up. He finished the season in AAA Omaha. So don't quite know what's in the plans for him next year. He was not ranked in top 30s entering this season. He had been in the back half of the top 30s last year, and then the Nationals DFA'd him. I think they kind of decided they were done. I think he got one game with the big league level with them in 2021. Uh, the Not only the pitcher of the year, but also the top MLB prospect in the Southern League, starting pitcher Taj Bradley of the Tampa Bay Rays. Talked about him a ton on this show. Uh, 16 games in AA, 170 ERA in 74 and a third innings, 88 strikeouts to 18 walks, four home runs allowed. Here's the big thing to me, okay? 16 starts. 14 of those 16 were one earned run or less. This, Taj Bradley is a dude. Uh, he got a little bit of time in AAA. He got 12 games in AAA. Didn't have quite the same numbers. 3.66 ERA in 59 innings. Uh, 15 walks to 53 strikeouts. But still, absolutely something where Taj Bradley is a dude. You're looking at him probably spending most of the year in AAA next year simply because the Rays have so many pitching options that 
I mean, they're gonna they're gonna protect Taj Bradley. He's gonna go on the forty man roster. But whether or not he actually ends up pitching at the big league level or just staying in AAA next year depends on health, depends on injury, depends on ineffectiveness at the big league level. You didn't know Shane Boz is out for the whole year after surgery, as well as also how he adjusts to AAA Durham. But definitely a guy that's going to do a lot. Texas League. A uh, couple names that you, that are either known prospects or guys we've talked about before. Top MLB option, third baseman and outfielder Jordan Walker of the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, we have talked at length about Jordan Walker. I like him as one of my breakout guys next year. At the big league level, he was in Arizona. They treat that as finishing school. I think he's kind of polishing some stuff up so he can debut next year. Right-hand pitcher... I'm sorry, the the pitcher of the year is right-hand pitcher Taylor Donald of the Seattle Mariners. If you remember Monday's show, one of the questions was about lesser-heralded minor league pitchers that I enjoyed, and one of the ones that I named was Taylor Dollard. 27 games in the Texas League in Arkansas. 16-2 record, 2-2-5 ERA. 144 innings pitched with 131 strikeouts to 31 walks. Fifth rounder in 2020 out of Cal Poly. Fastball slider change guy. I'm not going to go super in-depth. We did this on Monday. But like Taylor Dollard, excited to see what he does. I think he's going to eventually be a great addition to that rotation in Seattle. The MVP, as voted on by the managers in the double league, was outfielder Moises Gomez of the Cardinals. If you'll remember, we talked about him earlier in the season. He was released by Tampa Bay at the end of last season. He got 76 games in AA Montgomery and batted 171, 256, 309. Well, this year was evenly divided between AA Springfield and AAA Memphis. The reason he got promoted halfway through the season to AAA Memphis is because his slash line in Springfield was 321, 401, 705. He hit 23 home runs in 60 games, 90 strikeouts to 27 walks. So the strikeouts were there, but uh, hit, again, hit 23 home runs, went on to hit another 16 home runs in AAA Memphis. So he led the minors with 39 home runs last year. And when you look at what he did in AA Montgomery versus what he did in AA Springfield, uh, he raised his batting average by 150 points. He raised his on-base percentage by 150 points. He raised his slugging by 400 points. So part of it has to be he had a bad year in 21. Part of it had to be he had a good year in 22. Uh, Part of it had to be something else. I don't know if there was just not having a 2020 season meant he was incredibly rusty. His timing was bad. I don't know if his conditioning was off. Don't quite know exactly what it was. But obviously he wasn't as bad as he looked in Montgomery in 2021. Very happy to see what he does. The Cardinals look like they have a plethora of outfield talent. And so you may be able to see them pull some big swings for players that are on the trade block using some of either the minor league outfield depth or some of the major league outfield depth, like when they traded Harrison Bader to the Yankees midseason. In just a minute, I want to get to high A. Um, These these three leagues have a couple guys, including quite a few that got traded mid-season and were still named Pitcher of the Year or MVP or whatever it might have been right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So 
looking at high A and the all-stars and MVPs as voted on by the managers in the leagues, the Midwest League uh, top MLB prospect was shortstop Ellie De La Cruz of the Cincinnati Reds. I literally do not have anything else to say about Ellie De La Cruz. I have talked about him at length. I think he is one has one of the highest ceilings of any prospect in the minor leagues. And I am a huge fan of Ellie De La Cruz. Pitcher of the year was right-hand pitcher M.D. Johnson of the Miami Marlins. 2019 six-rounder out of Dallas Baptist, which is not a power five, but still a very good baseball program. 20 games in the minors, 346 ERA and 112 innings pitched. And if you can do the math, he's going between five, he's averaging just under six innings a start, which you love to see that. 125 strikeouts and 112 innings. So that's 10.04 strikeouts per nine to 28 walks. So two and a quarter walks per nine, 12 home runs. He's not on a ton of top prospect lists. And I'm beginning to think that maybe he should be. So big fan of what I've seen from Indy Johnson. 6'6", so has the the steep approach angle to the plate. Want to see his weight tick up a little bit. And once that picks up, uh, extra velocity should come along with that and can make his secondary weapons even a little more lethal uh, with a little more power behind him. The MVP traded midseason. Third baseman Christian Encarnacion Strand of the Minnesota uh, Twins. He was a twin when he was in the high A Midwest League. And then from there, he got traded to the Reds along with Spencer Steer in the deal that got Tyler Molly to the Twins. But while he was in Cedar Rapids with the Twins, 296, 370, 599 over 74 games, hit 20 home runs, 46 extra base hits, 30 walks to 85 strikeouts. So struck out more than once a game, yes. Plenty of power production, the slugging just under 600. Then they had promoted him to uh, AA Wichita, was only there for about two weeks before he got traded and spent the rest of the year in Chattanooga. So about 35 games in AA Chattanooga with the Reds. And even, even that, 309, 351, 522. Christian Encarnacion Strand's a good baseball player. 2021 fourth rounder out of Oklahoma State. Uh, He's probably in the top 15 as far as Reds prospects. And this is a good Reds system. Just great combination of plate discipline and power and just incredibly productive. Dude has hit everywhere he has gone. His lowest batting average in the minors and his career is the 296 he put up in Cedar Rapids. The lowest on-base percentage he's put up was the 351 in Chattanooga. The lowest slugging percentage he's put up was 522. And dude is just productive every single place he goes. Lowest OPS is 873. He's had his, he's been as high as a 180 as a 1085. So Christian Encarnacion Strand, fantastic. You go to the Northwest League, the MVP and the top MLB prospect. Zach Veen, outfielder for the Colorado Rockies. We've talked about him at length in the Rockies shows, in the top prospect shows, the best outfielder shows, the Arizona Fall League shows. Tons of speed. Fantastic at what he does. Big fan of Zach Veen. Don't want to rehash that here. We don't have all day. But pitcher of the year, somebody we have not discussed on this pod before. Right-hand pitcher Perlander Barroa 
was traded from San Francisco to Seattle midseason. So 100 and two-thirds innings pitched. Uh, 286 ERA this year, 150 strikeouts, so 13, almost 13 and a half strikeouts per nine, to 63 walks, five and a half per nine. You take the good with the bad, right? Five home runs allowed. And the thing here, fastball sits mid-90s, can touch 99. Really good run to it, really good ride to it. Uh, slider gets a bunch of swing and miss. Harder breaking slider. The thing here is... He's got he's he's working on the command and the control. And a lot of it came back to not understanding that you don't have to just be a thrower who goes max effort every single pitch and every single outing, but rather being a pitcher and picking and choosing your spots to crank it up, you know, uh working on your sequencing better and trying to get guys out besides just blowing it past them. So, I like what I've seen. If you if I had to go right now, I'd say he's probably a top 15 prospect for the Mariners. Uh, and I think that uh, you give him a little more time to work on pitching versus throwing, uh, working on using the off speed in a pitcher's count, and then being a little more efficient, going a little deeper into his outings. And you're looking at a back of the rotation guy, number four, number five. So uh, excited to see what he did in the Northwest League this year. And then, you know, he's, he's going to be at AA Arkansas. Hopefully can learn some from Taylor Dollar next year. Uh, in the South Atlantic League, same situation. Three awards, two guys. The MVP and the top MLB prospect went to catcher Indy Rodriguez. Uh, had played a bunch of different stuff. Had played in the infield. Had played in the outfield. Had caught. And then once he was separated uh, from Henry Davis, that's when he became a full-time catcher and really took off. And so... Uh, love what I've seen from Indy Rodriguez. We've talked about him at length before. Big fan of what Indy Rodriguez does. Uh, pitcher of the year, right-hand pitcher Ben Brown. Another guy traded midseason from the Phillies to the Cubs. 2017, 33rd rounder. And what he did this year, 104 innings pitched across 23 starts in his time in high A Jersey Shore and double A Tennessee. Because when he got traded, he went from high A with the Phillies to double A with the Cubs. So only two levels, but two different organizations. Again, 104 innings pitched in 23 games, 338 ERA, 149 strikeouts. So like 12.9 strikeouts per per nine to 36 walks. So at 3.1 walks per nine. Gave up 10 home runs. Uh has a his big thing has a four seamer, has a two seamer, has a, a slide like a hard breaking slider. Uh has a curveball as well. The curveball kind of blends in with the slider and doesn't differentiate any. But uh, the two fastballs, four seamers better than the two seamer right now. The slider's a harder breaking high 80s pitch. Uh, the, the, the four seamer sits about 96, 97. The two seamer sits about 94, 95. But you've got all three of these things. He struggles to throw strikes a bit. And so I'm worried about the overall ceiling there. I'd give the control probably a 40. And so there's your reliever risk, right? There's your built-in reliever risk. But uh, I do think that once you're able to harness and differentiate the two-seamer and four-seamer and be able to put both of those where you want them and then having a slider to go along with it, he's going to be pretty matchup proof against both lefties and righties and going to be somebody you can throw into a big league bullpen and can give you quality high leverage innings. Uh, 
Fantastic week this week. Reminder, if you have questions for the mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at Locked on Farm, or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Until next Monday, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.